0: And steak
1: okay, so we've been we have what we've been trying to have for a while now um, because
0: we've mentioned you several times, that's right. We've You've mentioned been you, mentioned you're many a common times, name on
1: the show, always in always in uh, uh, you know with reverence and with with uh, uh, happiness you. and
0: joy and authority, usually. So now, so now we actually get to get a, a smidgen, so we've <laughs> got now
2: pump me up like a balloon. We've we got we
0: got um, <laughs>
1: Pastor Martin D. Payne. He's been our pastor for several years. Five years? No. Me. Oh, 15, 15,
0: he, was that's doing, a, he was doing like he was doing multiples with the like, same hand. Five man. years is not enough. Yeah, four of those. Oh, three more. Okay, yeah. By five years for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably Six, about really.
1: for you. Yeah, yeah probably about twelve years. He's little. the pastor at Lakey Gap Presbyterian Church. Um, you have where did you uh, where did you go to seminary? I went to Covenant Theological Seminary in St.
2: Louis for four years.
1: That was the PCA Seminary. And then from there, you taught for several years at Covenant College, didn't you?
2: No, I taught at a Christian school down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi for seven years as a Bible
1: teacher. What did you do at Covenant? I
2: graduated from there. (laughs) (laughs) I went to Covenant College for two years. You went to Covenant College and then you went to Covenant Seminary one year of repairing washing machines and dryers in between so that's if you have a speed it. queen washer and dryer i can repair <laughs> it <laughs> and then All i worked right. in a nursing home for three years also so well see we,
0: we should have called home. you when our dryer went out that's <laughs> <laughs> right yeah oh you yeah. like as, three as you're paying my, my, my dryer went out i have seen you come over <laughs> fix it and so you
1: you were uh, born raised and raised in that.
0: Washington State,
1: correct? That's correct. And then you moved down to Mississippi for uh, to teach for seven years. Seven years. That's where I met my wife Debbie, and we got married. And if anybody here loves to ski, Pastor Payne loves to ski more than me. Okay. <laughs> Just give He's me a call. good at it too. So, um, well, we are at Pastor Payne's. Uh, favorite part of the Bible, which is usually the whole Bible, but in this in particular day, it's uh, the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. Um, So not last time, but the time before last, we actually did read halfway through Exodus chapter 20 just through the commandments.
0: Yeah, Alyssa was rolling through it. She She was was just like, wow, okay, slow down, hold on, time out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we made some good headway there. Um, But we're going to go back to the beginning of chapter 20, uh, just so we could uh, read the commandments one more time, and then uh, we will probably finish twenty and see how far we can get from there. But there's a lot of good stuff to talk about, and uh, we'll be we'll be poking and prodding Pastor Payne for uh, all sorts of information about the Ten Commandments, what it means for us, and uh, uh, why we should uh, why we should read them and you know, take them to heart. So anyway, uh, tell you what. Did you want to read, Martin? I can or you can. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Don't look at me. Well, I was gonna, <laughs> go I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and read. And um, um, so the way we the way we normally do this is I'm not just going to read and just keep on reading until we're in Matthew or anything. No, I. Going to read, and anytime you know a thought comes to mind, um, anytime uh, you've got something that you want to say about it, stop me. Uh, Brig will, I'll stop myself.
0: Uh, Feel free to interrupt and
1: interrupt. And if that means we don't get as far as we would normally get, the point <clears> is not to read as far as we can, the point is to, um, you know, meditate on God's word, to pull it apart, <clears throat> and, you know, figure out but all we can from it. So anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, we come to you with the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible. It's New King James Version. And uh, here we go. Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So I'm stopping us right here. So earlier we we were reading and we said it several times now. When God um, took them out of Egypt, before he took them out of Egypt, he had, you know, he made a big point, a big deal about, hey, I'm bringing you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, um, and it's going to be great. I'm going to show my wonders. Um, and he just brings it up time and time again. And here we are. Uh, this is the preface to probably... Um, You know, it's it's one of the biggest uh, pieces of Christian life is God's Ten Commandments. And it's a preface for this. Here he says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor is donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Uh, so that is... That's the block of the Ten Commandments. That's uh, all ten of them, and uh, Pastor Payne actually has an amazing way to remember them, don't you? <laughs> yeah,
2: by pictures.
1: Yeah, by pictures. You want to explain those? Because they're actually really useful. You know that, right? Yeah,
2: it's going be hard to do on the radio, but uh, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me, is a one on a hill... So you don't have anything above God in your life. He's at the top of the hill. If you take him off, you're in trouble. The second commandment is uh, not bowing down to graven images or worshiping them. So that's a picture of a two made into a person bowing down. The two is bowing over to a little idol on the ground there or not to do that. The third is not taking the Lord's name in vain and the Hebrew it's literally don't lift up the Lord's name to a falsehood the Mm. Lord doesn't like when his name is dishonored Mm. so and men dishonor his name uh, in so many ways every day so that's a just a three is made into a face with eyes in the middle of the top of the three and then a nose at the middle of the three and a mouth at the bottom and he's saying some bad things about God and he's about to get Struck struck with lightning. (laughs) And then the fourth is uh, a little boy and girl on the end of a church pew, and there's a minister there preaching a sermon. So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The fifth is a picture of a mom and dad up at the top of the five. Dad's got a work hat on and a lunchbox and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honor your father and mother. The sixth commandment, you shall not murder, is made into a six-shooter or a gun, the man's hand pulling the trigger. Some of my pictures have the trigger backwards, and my students were really fast to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, well, at least they know that. I... Straighten out. <laughs> uh, seventh commandment uh, is Joseph down in Egypt, and there's a palm tree in the background. The seven is made into a face with a headdress, Egyptian headdress going over from the top of the seven down, and then it's made into a face. Not supposed to. Represent I
0: remember me. you drawing that out for me one
2: day trying to be tempted by Potiphar's wife to do something he shouldn't do and she shouldn't do. So the eighth (laughs) commandment is the eight's made into a cookie jar with someone stealing. Some of my students would say that the eighth commandment on a test was you shall not steal out of the cookie jar. (laughs) The ninth commandment, the nine's made into a, a person again with a face and he's about to get struck by lightning. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor we shouldn't lie, <clears throat> and the tenth commandment, "You shall not uh, covet," <coughs> is the the uh, z- the uh, zero is grabbing the one and trying to pull it over to himself, and he's coveting the one. He's not satisfied with what he has yeah. himself.
1: So those are the pictures. Yeah, they're great because you know, the they're all the numbers one yeah. through that ten. Helps you to remember. They're very pictual and they're kind of funny. And so yeah. if you're like you know me, who's got the brain of a five-year-old, then I remember stuff like that. Right. You know. Uh,
2: so I would tell my students uh, that once they learned the pictures, they knew the commandments inside and out. So they could go through them, odd numbers, even number commandments, go odd number backwards, even number backwards, and I would tell them to say to your parents, "I bet I can say the ten commandments backwards. Well, if you, you, you give me twenty bucks if I can do that, and so they can make <laughs> some good money." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: that's pretty good. Wow. Um, uh, the preface to the Ten Commandments, the word in there is uh, Yahweh, mm-hmm. or Yod Hey Wow Hey, the <coughs> Hebrew tetragrammaton, the four uh, Hebrew consonants that make up the name Yahweh, which from which we get the word Jehovah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that's very important because it means the Living God. So He's alive and He acts in history, and that's what He's doing in Egypt when He yeah. brings the Israelites out of Egypt. And the preface to the Ten Commandments is very important if you're thinking about keeping the Ten Commandments because it's I am the Lord your God, the living one who works on your behalf and redeems you and so forth. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. (laughs) So God brought them out through the Passover lamb, which is kind of what I'd like to say a little bit later, maybe. But yeah, it was the Passover lamb was the straw that broke the back when all the firstborn of the Egyptians died. That's when they let the Israelites go. So the Passover, when you think of the preface to the Ten Commandments, I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, through the Passover lamb, that was (coughs) a great redemption. And Pharaoh wouldn't let him go, wouldn't let him go, wouldn't let him go. And then he finally lets them go when they do the Passover lamb and put the blood on the doorposts of their houses Mm -hmm. uh, and so forth. And so that's very important to the keeping of the Ten Commandments because you think about your redemption and what God did to save you through the Passover lamb, and then you came out of your bondage in Egypt, and now you'll gladly do what the Lord says because he has redeemed you. So that's a really important preface to the commandments themselves.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because um, I think we talked about uh, earlier When we see that Passover lamb, when when they're putting the blood on the on the doorposts, uh, we see that many times later on. um, It's kind of a foreshadowing of several things that you'll see later on in the Bible, and one is oh I forget her name, but it's the um, it's the uh, the prostitute in Jericho, where she Rahab. Rahab, that's it. Thank you. And they tell her to throw, uh, throw what is it, the red sash or, scarlet rope? Yeah, out the window. And that's that's their yeah. sign not to destroy that little bit of Jericho. And that's the right. only bit that survived, isn't it?
2: Yes. And that could refer to the blood of
1: Christ. Yeah. The there right. any... Are there any... there's there's some other areas in the Bible that I'm just not remembering that's kind of the same imagery? Maybe. Maybe. The blood of Christ. <laughs> the blood of Christ, yeah. That's what, <clears throat> that's what it points to.
2: My thing about the Ten Commandments is... Uh, don't take the Ten Commandments without looking at the sacrificial system. So mm-hmm. the outline sort of for the book of Exodus just roughly would be, they come out of Egypt, and that's the first part of the book. Then they're at uh, a month and a half or so later, They're at, three months later, they're at Mount Sinai, and they receive the Ten Commandments. And then while they're there, they receive, and the rest of the book <laughs> of Exodus is uh, the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. and putting together the tabernacle and all the instructions for that. And then you come to Leviticus, the next book, and the first seven chapters of Leviticus are all about the sacrificial system, the burn offering, the sin offering, the fellowship offering, the guilt offering, the trespass offering, the restitution offering. And it's all these blood offerings as well as grain offerings and drink offerings, but mainly the blood offerings. And I think that's very important to pull that into the Ten Commandments Because the Ten Commandments are, the Bible says, the tutor to lead us to Christ. Mm -hmm. So when you come to the Ten Commandments, God gives the Ten Commandments, nobody can keep them because we're sinful.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Paul says in Romans chapter seven, that (laughs) when the law came to him, it killed him. And he talks about the 10th commandment there in Romans seven and says, when the commandment you shall not covet came to me, it killed me, I knew I was a coveter, so now he knows he's a sinner because the Holy Spirit's convicted him. And he, and he knows that he can't find salvation in the law because he's broken it. Mm. He can't perfectly keep the law. So the law is our tutor to lead us to Christ. The law shows us our sin to lead us to the God-appointed sacrifice that takes away sin. And those things are very close in the Bible. You've got the uh, Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. And then Leviticus 1 through 7, which was also given at Mount Sinai there, is the the commandments, and they represent what Christ has done for us. So we can't keep the commandments because of our sinful human nature, and that drives us to the sacrifice, the sin, the sin offering, which represents Christ taking our sin for us. The guilt offering, which represents Him taking our guilt. The burnt offering, which uh, He was totally consumed in His life for us, and took our sin totally. Uh, the fellowship in the or the peace offering, as some versions have it, which is our fellowship with God. It's a fellowship meal in this death of this sacrifice that's eaten, just like the Lord's Supper is eaten in the New Testament. Um, so the law is our tutor to bring us to Christ. The law shows us our sin, our sinful human nature, when the Holy Spirit arouses our sinful human, uh, when he arouses faith in us. We know we can't save ourselves because we're sinful. He brings us under conviction of sin. And then we need the God-appointed sacrifice to save us. And those two things are right there in Exodus and Leviticus. Here's the Ten Commandments, but we can't keep them. So it drives us outside of ourselves to find salvation somewhere else. And we find it in the God-appointed sacrifice, which he knows we can't keep the law. That's why he gave the sacrifices that point to Christ Mm -hmm. and eventually Christ who comes. So, once we are aroused, once our sinful human nature and sin is aroused in us by the law. Oh my goodness! I've I've lusted before breaking the seventh commandment. I've stolen things and broken uh, maybe time at work and broken the eighth commandment. I've hated people in my heart and broke the sixth commandment. I haven't honored my mother and my father. I haven't worshiped God as I ought on the Sabbath day. I haven't put him first in my life. When the law comes to life and the Holy Spirit's there and convicts us of our sin, then we have to look outside of ourselves to to find salvation. And God's given it to us in the blood sacrifice of his son, typified by the Old Testament sacrifices in Leviticus one through seven. So those things go together. Here's the law, God gives the law and makes a covenant with his people, but they can't keep it. They need the sacrificial system. So when God gives them at the end of the book of Exodus, the the tabernacle, you can't get into God's presence without washing or without the blood of the sacrifice. Then you can come into God's presence or from the blood on the day of atonement once behind the Holy of Holies. Mm The blood is sprinkled there and allows the high priest to go back. Yeah. So so the law is our tutor to show us our sinful human nature and lead us outside of ourselves to the God-appointed blood sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ. Once we come to Christ, then the Holy Spirit in us points us back. Christ points us back. The gospel points us back to the law Mm -hmm. to keep it in the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, is love. So a lot of what people would think, well, okay, so we're not under the Old Testament law, we're under just the sacrifice, so we don't need the law. No, you find the law everywhere in the New Testament. It's in Matthew 5 and 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. Jesus has the second table of the law in Chapter 5 and mentions adultery and murder and hatred and lust and so forth in the heart of, of those commandments. And then it's found in the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, where he says, what do I need to do to have eternal life, Jesus? And Jesus tells him, keep the command." You know the <laughs> commandments. Honor your father and mother. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. And he lists some of the second table of the law. He doesn't list there the 10th commandment, as one of my friends has pointed out, because that's you shall not covet. Uh-huh. And he was coveting very much with the money that right. he had, because he was very wealthy. It's kind of him figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then he. Uh, it's like, oh, by the way. Yeah, but then uh, so Jesus says, okay, if you've kept those commandments, which he really hasn't, he said, I've kept them all, and he directed him to the second table of the law, so he says, okay, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. Now, that would be the first table of the law, putting God up on the top of the hill there, the picture, and having him first and foremost in your life, and Christ was God, and that rich young ruler wouldn't even follow God, so he hadn't Fulfilled the first commandment or the first table of the law. That's for sure So the law is our tutor to show us our sin and lead us to Christ and there it is in the New Testament again Jesus kind of commending the law uh, As a good thing you find it in Romans chapter 13. Some of the commandments are mentioned there I think adultery and murder again and the sixth and seventh commandments and then it says Love is a fulfillment of the law and Romans is about our salvation chapters 1 through 11 and then 12 through 15 is the practical part of our Christian life. We offer our lives to God, and then love is mentioned in chapter 12, and it's mentioned in chapter 13, along with some of the Ten Commandments. So once we're saved, we're pointed back to that. James chapter 2 has a law too mentioned there, and says, if you live by the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. So there it is again. Then you come to 1 John in the New Testament, and the whole book is about love. Mm -hmm. and loving God, and so that's the fulfillment of the law. So we don't get away from the law. The law is our tutor, Exodus 20, the law no man can keep. Christ came and kept it for us, but no sinful human nature person, which the whole world is, can keep that law. Mm -hmm. So once we see the law initially, it shows us our sin to lead us to the sacrifice. Once we're justified by the sacrifice, the blood appointed sacrifice of God, then we look back. Then the Holy Spirit and Jesus points us back to the law and says, Keep that as the proof that you're you're mine. If my spirit's in you, you'll live in love. And love is everywhere. Uh, John chapter 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet and then talks about, you know, about no greater love has a man laid down his life for a friend and so forth. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. And he says, it's the old commandment, but it's new, too. Right. So it's
1: new in Christ. And Jesus summarizes the Ten Commandments, doesn't he? Um, Whereabouts? I'm trying to remember where exactly he says. Uh, um, uh, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and spirit, and love thy neighbor
2: as thyself. Oh, that's right. He summarizes it before when, uh, his trial that? and all that. It's kind of at the end of... That. Uh, it's probably about Matthew 21 or 22 right Matthew in there uh, right in there somewhere <laughs> I could find it if you want me to pause and look for it maybe
0: But sure uh, well we're going to take a break right here anyway so this will be a perfect time we'll come right back we interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating <laughs> like said, what we
2: are
1: we are back. So We're back. Um, wasn't actually too much time between the last episode and this yeah, one. Usually we have a whole lot
0: more jammering in between there,
1: but we got we got talking and like we well, should we should just start this up again. I was like, yeah, we probably should. You know? <laughs> um, but anyway, um, Ray Comfort and I'm I'm going to embarrass myself by not knowing exactly where he's from. He's either from Uh, Australia or New Zealand, and I know there's a big difference, but he's from somewhere. Yeah, Yeah,
0: some people would not like the way you just said that. I know, right? Uh, So forgive me. You just compared the two. That was horrible. Well,
1: you know what? It's kind of like.
0: So they both both, sound the same. No, no, they don't. No. To me, I said to be not to you. The New Zealanders are going to hate you, but the Australians are really going to hate you. See, He's that, from New Zealand. That's
1: okay. They're gonna have
0: to fly a long way to get me. He's from New Zealand. <laughs> He's from New Zealand. Okay, that's what I was. Australia. yeah, but they carry they carry big knives in Australia. Yeah, I take the New Zealanders, Aborigines. They're the cool guys. Oh yeah, but I um... had I have the best story for that when I was at uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken down there. Uh, I'm usually pretty good at picking it up because I really love the Australian accent, mm. and so for me it's such a cool accent. And I had this this lady come in and she was talking and, and I couldn't quite, you know, I couldn't figure out where the accent was coming from. I said, oh, are you from Australia by any chance? And she was like, ah, uh, mm, no. See, I've had that exact same no. reaction before. Um, actually, I'm from New Zealand. And from now on, maybe Remember. just don't. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she like, we have the same connection. Like if someone were to ask you if you're from Canada, I was like, oh okay yeah yeah, okay i gotcha gotcha he's Uh, somebody asked you if you were from new york yeah yeah, exactly she was like just just ask people where they're from
1: yeah and i had the same thing and i knew that they were from down under a guy came up and was talking to me and i said you're from you're from new zealand or australia and i'm not going to embarrass myself by guessing where are you from (laughs) he's like i'm from i'm from australia you know and i was like okay Anyway, um, so Ray Comfort from New Zealand, apparently. We just looked it up.
0: So, unless um, Google's wrong, which we all know, Google's never wrong.
1: Gee, I hope he was not wrong on this one. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it was his uh, official page. So, so, so no. Pastor Payne was just talking about how the law <laughs> points us, uh, the law brings us outside of ourselves, and we need to find some other authority to appeal to, something to. Uh, uh, how, did, how did you put it? We have to look for uh, a
2: way of salvation outside of a ourselves. A way of salvation outside of ourselves because we're condemned by our sin
1: before God. And so when how I can we him, get that taken away? Right. And so when he was talking about that, I couldn't help but think about Ray Comfort because that's he's kind of a a, a street minister. He uh, uh, you know asks people questions, gets to know them a little bit. Um, you know he's interviewing them and he'll ask them questions like. Uh, um, you know, are you a Christian? Do you know anything about Christ? And uh, they'll say, uh, yeah, I'm not, not really a Christian. I, I know about Christ, but don't really, you know, not wouldn't consider myself a Christian. He's like, okay, would you consider yourself generally a good person? Yeah, I would. Okay, good, great. You know, and then he'd say, okay, so... Um, have you ever stolen anything before? And they're like, ah, you know, well, um, yeah, I guess when I was 10, you know, kind of stole, maybe something's like, okay. Okay. Um, have you ever lied before? And they're like, oh, well, um, yeah, I, I suppose so. You know? And he says, well, you know, the Bible says that, you know, uh, uh, not to bear false witness. Um, and they're like, okay, yeah, well, I suppose I've lied before. Uh, and then he says, you know, uh, have you ever committed adultery? And they're like, oh, well, uh, no, I, I haven't. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, Jesus says that if you if you lust after a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. And have you ever lusted after a woman before? And like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, wow, okay, all right. Well, you got me on that one, you know. And he's like, okay, 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 great. So you consider yourself a generally good person. But if you had, um, you know, if you had an authority, if you were standing before a judge in a court, uh, let's say to get to heaven, and you came up there and said, "Yeah, I'm a good person," and the judge asked you, uh, "Have you ever lied before?" Well, you just said that you're a liar. Have you ever stolen anything? You just said that you're a thief. Have you ever committed adultery? And you just admitted to that too. Uh, so you've already committed to, uh, you know, you know, lying, adultery. Uh, and stealing. Uh, have you ever have you ever taken the name of the of, of your God in vain? Oh yeah, I have. Ah, so you, you're, you're breaking the, the law all over the place. Do you think you're gonna get to heaven by a just judge? And they're like, ah, um No. And so that's that's the approach that he uses. He shows yeah. them their sin. And he usually starts by having them confess their own sins. You know, he just asks them and they'll, you know, they'll confess it. And then he's like, yeah. And so he points them to their sin. And, uh, he, he very beautifully, very elegantly, very kindly, but very pointedly directs them to Christ. Um, and he's got some great videos. Um, you can find them on YouTube. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he's there's several, I believe, genuine conversions that he's got video <laughs> because he, he, you know, brings Christ in that way. And so I thought that was really cool that you were, you know, uh, talking about how the law points us to, you know, shows us our shows sin, us our sin so and then we need a savior. That's right. And so, you know, he would, Ray Comfort would, would point them, he's like, all right, so if there is a God you know then uh you're gonna you know you're gonna have to pay for all those sins somehow aren't you uh and you know the you know and so who's gonna pay those for you you know and then he points them to christ christ <laughs> it's like slowly the walking yeah. them
0: to their own conclusion exactly you and know? so
1: it's it's a very gentle way but it's also a very you know thoughtful way of bringing somebody to
0: christ because like you said brig they're coming they're, they're coming to their own conclusions here. Own conclusions. And that's, that's yeah. actually, that's something that, you know, we, we use in sales, you know, when people are, you know, there's not necessarily a, a nice way to say something. Like if something, you know, obviously whatever they've said doesn't make sense. You know, you ask them a question that makes them repeat exactly what they just said. And they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not going to, you know, but it, 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 can it, bring it's a nice way like you said it's a nice way of them coming around to it and that's that I think that's kind of a, a nice way of doing it right. yeah yeah
1: because we don't
0: always say stuff that we actually want to say we say it preemptively <laughs> right. and we don't think about it afterwards but if somebody's like could you do that one more time just yeah, say that say exactly that like that and you yeah, say you' oh, like that. oh yeah, yeah no that. Yeah. <laughs> so jesus
2: comes in our human flesh too and he perfectly keeps the law he never sinned yeah so he pleased god i'd in like that to have way. a piece of his furniture so we can have perfect. his righteousness paul in uh, philippians 3 says i want to know him uh i want to have a righteousness that comes from god and is by faith the righteousness that comes from god and is by faith Mm-hmm. So there's the righteousness of Christ that is given to us and also Christ shed his blood to take away all our sins And took God's wrath on the cross. So There's the God appointed sacrifice taking away the Passover lamb taking away our sin That's the God appointed blood sacrifice. We need Uh, And then he points us to the law to uh, keep it. We also have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So And that's a perfect righteousness, as if I kept the law every day of my life and never broke it and earned salvation through it. That's what Jesus did uh, for us. Now, explain. So if we have that righteousness, it's perfect. You can't get any better than that. If you're a Christian, nobody's better than you if they have the righteousness of Jesus Christ.
1: Now, explain again. um, You you, um, talked about it earlier, uh, about how love enters into the equation. Yeah. um, And... So in our human nature
2: we really can't love. If you look at human nature lists in the Bible like Galatians chapter 5 or Romans chapter 1 or Second Timothy chapter 3, the end times people are going to be like this and then it lists what comes out of human nature. You know, you'll never find faith or love there in the human nature list. Mm-hmm. It's all anger and hatred and idolatry and sexual immorality. And it it, it mentions the sins that come out of the heart of men. But once we've come to Christ and we've been changed by his Holy Spirit, he points us back to the law and we can actually keep the law now because we have the Holy Spirit in us. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love. So, um, So the law is our tutor to lead us to Christ. And then the gospel road points us back to the law to keep as a standard of morality and righteousness, proving that we're God's.
1: Yeah. We're justified so,
2: by faith. We're justified alone in God's court of law once and for all by faith in the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, But there's also a sanctification, a process to a Christian's life. And once we have the Spirit and he gives us faith and all that, he gives love too. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And then the Greek word is pistis. It's the noun for faith. A lot of translations say faithfulness but it's actually the noun faith in the greek faith is the gift of the holy spirit and so is love so once he gives us the faith there then the love is there too we can look at the law and go here's a perfect standard of life that i need to live out the heart of this law uh to please god
1: yeah and so it's not my um, salvation but it proves that the holy spirit is in me yeah and like I was saying earlier, um, Jesus summarizes the commandments. And um, I asked Pastor Payne where that was, and he said it was in yeah. Matthew 22. And so I found it here, and I am going to read that. <coughs> Go for it. Um, in the little uh, description of this little portion of the scripture, it says, The scribes, which, which is the first commandment of all. Uh, let's see. So this is uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-four. Uh, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, he being Jesus, they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And that uh, is just what you were saying. Um, Love God with all your heart, uh, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so following the commandments, uh, you know, it... uh, you can really love somebody through them. Jesus lays it out there, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does really work does. to do that, which is funny because they're they're testing him here, right? They're kind of like, so which one's the greatest? You know, because he could have said, you know, oh well, the uh, obviously the fifth one is the greatest. You know, and then right. they say, oh yeah, but what about the other ones? So he's saying the fifth one is better than the other ones. Ah, ha 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 ha! And he's like, yeah, no, that's not the way this is going down. I'm God, so uh-huh. you know. Um, So
2: as God, too, he would be the only one that would really keep those two tables of the law. He loved his father perfectly and loved mankind perfectly, too. Think of all the miracles Jesus did when he lived on earth for other people, healing the blind, raising the dead, casting out demons, making the lame to walk. I mean, he was supremely good to men and then his disciples can't find him in the morning cuz he's always out there praying to his father you know he was continually seeking fellowship with his father yeah. and he came to do his father's will so everything he's doing is what the father sent
0: him to do even dying on the cross yeah. which yeah. is why he gets so aggravated when you know he comes out right before he's to be put to death and all of his yeah. all of his people are just like sleeping here next to the tree like what are y'all doing yeah. five minutes you could have just been here with me for five minutes and they you know it, uh, you can kind of understand that aggravation right yeah you so, know, when you think about it like that it, normally you know our first reaction is oh well they were just sleeping well it's a little more important than that guys right right <laughs> so
1: uh, Rick just showed me the passion of Christ I've never seen
0: that before. oh he's he's never watched it oh, we watched yeah, it the other night after a podcast you podcast. haven't watched it you haven't we're gonna have to watch it, it.
1: <laughs> it was good, yeah. I didn't realize that it was all gonna be in, in, in Hebrew and Greek. Oh really? like, yeah, the whole whoa, movie is in Hebrew and Greek. That's yeah, really it's
0: cool. all subtitles.
1: Oh, I mean the movie wow. started and I was kinda waiting for the uh that moment where they'd stop talking in Hebrew and actually talk in you know English so that it I was halfway through the movie
0: he goes, that, right. Oh, this whole thing's in, I was like, in Hebrew. <laughs> so I guess that's the way
1: it's gonna be. <laughs>
0: I mean, wow. I don't know. If you've watched uh, This is why I've only watched it a few times
1: have you ever watched hunt for the red October? Mm-hmm. That's I've a good one. Cool. Yeah. It. Yeah. And so the beginning of the movie, you're watching all the Russians down there and Sean Connery, who's playing the Russian, he does in a good Russia. job. It's in Russian. It. <laughs> and it's in Russian and you're watching it. And you're like, Oh no. But then like, <laughs> yeah. you know, after does Sean Conner actually speak Russian yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. And then, you then know, a couple minutes in, English. it zooms in on them on the Russians talking in Russian. And then it zooms out again, and they're talking in English, but with a Russian accent. Right. You know, so it's like, these are Russians, but we're not going to force that on you for the whole movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, that would be difficult for Sean Connery also. But um, Jim Caviezel yeah. didn't have that. Uh, no, he did not. Yeah, he, he didn't have that concern. But he
0: did a good job.
2: I, I, uh, I'm changing the subject yeah, just a little but I No, you
0: can't do that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I I'm
2: tell kidding. my congregation <laughs> that I pray for them, which I frequently do, to be conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. And here is the image of Christ, if you look at it, is keeping these two tables of the law. Yeah. He loved his father supremely, and he loved humankind, too. And the best love we can give them is try to bring them to Jesus Christ, of course, for salvation. And Jesus brought men to him. He told the rich young ruler who thought he had kept all the law to follow him. And he hadn't done that. He hadn't put God first and foremost. He was standing before God in human flesh and would not give up his riches to follow him. So, So, you know, being conformed to the image of, of Christ is keeping the law in the spirit. Yeah. We'll never keep it perfectly like Jesus did. We need his perfection. And here it is in, uh, in First Peter. I'm reading from the New International Version. But it says you, you were redeemed. It was uh, First Peter 1.18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold, earthly things, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But here's what you were redeemed with. The precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect there's the blood god's blood appointed sacrifice for our salvation the precious blood of christ and there's the perfection that we need that we can never keep without god christ kept the law for us he's a lamb without blemish or defect i think that's really important
1: it is, those yeah. two
2: things the righteousness of god uh the westminster shorter catechism question 34 says what is justification and the answer is justification is an act of god's free grace Wherein he pardons all our sins, there's the blood sacrifice, and accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. So our salvation is really faith in the sacrifice of Christ, his death on our behalf, and his living a perfect life and keeping the law for us. Uh, those two things are there his death and bloodshed and his righteousness. And those are important things to have to serve god and that's the what the exodus is saying here's the ten commandments but it's convicting you of your sin if you really look at the heart of it and you're guilty before god of sin and condemned before him and and you need to find a salvation outside of yourself somewhere or you'll never be saved and that is uh That is the blood sacrifice. That is the Passover lamb. Again, it's the preface to the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God, Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage.
0: Which he says that from here on. That one one thing, he says that from there on.
2: was the Passover lamb that broke the camel's back and brought them out of Egypt. And so that's very important. Here's my redemption and my (laughs) salvation and the blood appointed sacrifice. Lord, I will keep your law. The people are going, give us the Ten Commandments. We'll do them. And later, the human nature of their heart comes out. Most of them die in the wilderness without the Lord because they're sinful. And they hadn't truly come to faith in the blood-appointed sacrifice. It's a really good
1: image given here in the Bible. You know, God gives his law to Moses, written on the two tablets. And it's not that long before those tablets are both smashed on the ground. Yeah. And God has to make some new ones for them. And so just as soon as God's got his law written down, how quickly
2: it's already broken. They're breaking the first and second commandments by worshiping the golden calf and everything right before
1: God's face. Yeah. Right when Moses has got the commandments in his hands. (laughs) So now God does not, he doesn't change. His law is his law from beginning till end. It's a moral law. But before God spells out the Ten Commandments, what would they have followed? You, you see my question before say it again so before the ten commandments before we've got yeah before you know, exodus 20 exactly how would they what was your question what 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 commandments or rules would they have followed it probably just be whatever the law god gave to i think it the would be the law,
2: the law of god written on their hearts written we believe the, hearts. the law of god was there before um before the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. If you look at Romans chapter five, there he mentions people dying before the law. Right. But it says God doesn't hold us accountable when there is no law, like the Ten Commandments given. So why did they die? Right. If they weren't breaking a law, they were breaking the moral law of God on their hearts. God was imputing that sin to their account, and uh, they died because of that. The Adam's sin was imputed to them. The sinfulness that breaks the law was there in their hearts. Even though the Ten Commandments hadn't been given yet, it was there on their hearts. They knew they were doing wrong in Sodom and Gomorrah, committing sexual immorality, which would eventually be the Seventh Commandment and so forth. Sexual sins in the Seventh Commandment. So they were breaking the law morally. Yeah, uh, You know, there's three ways to look at the law. One is the Ten Commandments is the moral law of God, and it's on everybody's heart. And God has made men that way, and they know they break it. That's a moral law. And then there's the ceremonial law, the sacrifices and those things, and those center around worshiping God. That's the first four commandments. And then there's the civil laws, and those were laws which protected the Israelites from hurting one another.
1: And we see some of those later on here, immediately after the Ten Commandments. We've got the law of the altar, the Law Concerning Servants, The Law Concerning Violence, Animal Control Laws, Responsibility for Property, Moral and Ceremonial Principles, uh, The Law of Sabbath, Three Annual Feasts. So uh, those are
2: ceremonial laws so those are right the there. Laws. So the, the ceremonial laws center on bringing sacrifices to God right, or doing what He requires before Him. So that's the worshiping God. And then building a fence around your roof so your neighbor comes over and doesn't fall off and kill himself Uh that's a civil law that are in in the uh, in there as well so and there are other civil laws like bestiality is forbidden sexual immorality is forbidden adultery is forbidden homosexuality is forbidden and these are all sexual civil areas where people will offend people civilly and that's those are civil laws too so really, we're not under the ceremonial law because Jesus is, uh, Christ has come and died and shed his own blood. We're not going to use animal blood to satisfy God if his own son has come and shed his blood. So Jesus removes the ceremonial laws of the Jews. And actually, the Gentile church and Jewish church is not really under the civil laws either. Now, there are, some civil laws are good. I might build a wall or a fence around a roof too so somebody doesn't fall off of there we've got a lake house in washington that my mom owns and there's a big deck there and of course there's a right in front of it so you won't fall off and fall 15 feet and kill yourself that's still like a biblical civil law of the old testament so the equity of those laws transfers over to our society if they're good things we could use them in society but we're really not under those laws in any way to save us right with salvation so there's a moral aspect to the law where it's on everybody's heart first table and second table and then there's the ceremonial law which has passed away and really the civil laws under the jewish commonwealth have really passed away
0: now other, when you say when you a say, general pa- equity
2: or use of them which is valuable which is what are you saying when sense. you say
0: passed away they don't they no longer Use well, them, Ephesians or? chapter two says Christ
2: has removed those things, and in Colossians chapter two, but it what, says what I was Christ saying, like you were
0: saying Jew his
2: death has made those null and void.
0: The Jews still just go with the normal, you know, the sacrifices and the feast and such. They don't, they don't really transfer over to what the New Testament says. Am Some I correct? Christian Jewish people do. Do they? They're still okay.
2: Such an effort to do those things, and I, it seems to me the Bible's view on that is. <laughs> those days and feasts and things of the Jews of the old, we don't have to keep those.
0: Anymore. Yeah. I, I agree, but I just, I, I yeah. was, the way you said that, I was kind of curious because it said, he's yeah. passed away as in they don't, they don't follow those anymore. I was like, ah, right. I feel like some of them probably do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And a lot of, you know, like, um, <laughs> a lot of churches will uh, have a celebration or a feast or something in remembrance of those, um, you know, right. uh, uh, biblical feasts but obviously they're, they're they're doing it just to remember it not right. not because God's commanding them to you know feast on this day we uh, at my church in Austin uh, Redeemer Prez, uh they usually they usually did all the feasts and it was an excuse to get everybody together you know in the church have a big awesome meal right. and oftentimes drink lots of wine but um, and uh, homemade beer one time, that was really good. Uh, but uh, that was a, it was a, it was really nice. Uh, and, you know, you, you know that, you know that the, the, you the fellowship, know, the fellowship. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was basically just fellowship. You know, you weren't, you were there to worship God, to fellowship with your brother and sister in Christ. And you know, to remember that we're not bound by those feasts anymore, but that they, they do point to mm. Christ. Um, and the Redeemer Press had some really good food, too. Yeah. Brisket and ribs.
2: That's a time. tough That's issue. Nice. I think, you know, if you have Jewish friends, they're going to be... It's bad.
0: I have brisket, and I'm just like, ah, it's still not as good as mine. I did that today. I had the local barbecue place, and I was like... Why do you do that to yourself? It's horrible. I was like, I need to eat something, and I don't want to eat trash, which is all they have in Brevard. Some people would die for a good brisket. Well, they need to come to my house then. I'll fix them right up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I... I And to to give them credit, the Blue Smoke place right there in Brevard, next to my brisket, probably has the best. I've had Uh, it's it's better than it's better than phil's (laughs) it's better than phil's yeah blue smoke is actually pretty good you don't have to like chew on it for 20 minutes to get it through your teeth you know Um, i hate
1: to say it though (laughs) because i grew up in north carolina um and
0: i just know how it's done texas
1: barbecue like from the, the the home state of texas several times growing up 95% of the barbecue that I got was from North Carolina. And a lot of it was beef, right? And it was good. And I just thought the world of it until I got to Texas. And as soon as I had, like, just your average, everyday Texas brisket, it's like, oh, man.
0: (laughs) This is just... This is not going to work. This is is
1: just incredible. Because average, everyday Texas brisket is... Far superior.
0: And then you came to mine. And
1: then I came to yours and I was like, well, now I can't eat anything. <laughs> I'm trying so, to work
2: this into the Ten Commandments. I'm, I'm not sorry, sure I'm sorry, how it I'm applies. Sorry, I'm uh, sorry. The, the, the feast. feast of brisket. <laughs> <cakes, laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean there's so many issues on the commandments. you could take the you know, the Roman Catholic Church has a different setup. They have the first and second commandment together as the first commandment. Really? Interesting. And I think yeah. what they're doing is burying the, uh, the statues and everything they have in their churches. Oh, they're kind of burying yeah. the second mm-hmm. commandment under the first, you shall know their gods before me, and then see. you shall not make images and bow down to them. They have that as one commandment. So the second part of it kind of gets buried in the first commandment. Mm-hmm. So And then they divide the tenth commandment, you shall not covet, into two parts. The ninth commandment was you shall not covet your neighbor's uh, house. And then uh, the the tenth would be you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. So if for me the fourth commandment would be remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, for a Roman Catholic that would be the third commandment. So they combine the first two, and that kind of throws them all off. So you might want to remember that. Also uh, the—are
0: we overdue? Well, we're uh, getting— you got you got twenty seconds. <laughs> no, we'll we'll uh, we'll take a break right here and we'll start back. All right, so we're back and I was told to start it before I like gave the whammy here. But the best burger I've probably ever had—don't laugh—was at Harvey Washbangers. I don't know Ooh. what that is. Nobody, Nobody does. does. Yeah. It's a hole in the wall place and.
1: You said and- Harvey Washbangers. Wash-
0: Okay, yep. I, I will. So everyone's about to laugh, and that's okay. The first time I heard it and was there, I laughed too. It is literally a burger joint and a washateria in the same place. What? <laughs> <laughs> But their burgers are like this big. They're huge. They're like seven inches across. Wow. Ridiculous. Like me and Dad would go into Harvey Washbangers, split one in half, and that and was our still, meal.
1: Yeah. So still amazing. My dad likes to talk um, about my dad likes
0: to talk about the biggest, Texas, the biggest <laughs>
1: burger that he's ever had. And it was on a military base. It was, uh, uh, I forget where it was exactly. Oh, that's it. It's Area 51. It's a secret. That's a secret burger. It must be. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so his dad, uh, Papa Lyons, was having some sort of military, (laughs) you know, something or other. And dad went there, and Papa bought him a burger. And he said the burger was literally the size of the plate that it came on. And this was an average-sized dinner plate.
0: Harvey Washmakers, they were huge. So You'd have to ask Dad to get specifics, but a they dinner were. dinner
1: plate, and the burger fit on the plate. And yeah. he could not finish it. He would not finish it because he could not finish it.
0: And I yeah. want to say this place is in Conroe, Texas, or right around Porter, Conroe area, because I think Dad and I would stop in after seeing my grandfather, who lived in Conroe. Okay. So I feel like it's right in that area, but it was—it was literally like this little podunk diner style burger joint. You know, had amazing fries, (laughs) amazing burgers, but then like in the same room, right next, like you could eat your burger and watch your food get or and watch your clothes get washed at the same time. It was like what? But they had great food.
1: Think about it you go to a washateria what are you gonna do
0: sit there yeah, you, you might as well eat there, you're
1: gonna be there for at least an hour anyway you know 30 minutes to wash it and 30 minutes to dry but it. yeah her
0: harvey so, Washbangers.
1: that is that's <laughs> a good marketing strategy right there i'm but, from uh, Tacoma, washington so this
2: conversation almost means nothing me. <laughs> so you don't like burgers
0: in tacoma what
2: oh, no, they're good uh, tacoma's got a one like, of you haven't been to my brisket a restaurant parties? that has the tacoma <laughs> dome burger and that's what? as big as a large plate so what pretty
0: big you y'all can't... have this stuff
2: oh yeah
0: i want, yeah. One. I want one
2: and it has a little flag on the top just like the tacoma what? dome does it's so it's got awesome.
0: a it's got a flugel binder pretty
2: big It's the biggest bun i've ever seen wow. You can't eat it all at once. It's Just, huge. Wait, hold on,
0: wait. Was that a bat? So you would cut it down. <laughs> no, no, no. That wasn't oh, a bet. Are you sure? Not with you.
2: I was like, say <laughs> when? So here, should I say something? Yeah, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We,
0: we probably should get back to that.
2: So the keep fourth, talking about burgers. The fourth commandment is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. So that's the last day of the week is saturday the jewish sabbath in it you shall do no work you know your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant huh servants in the bible how about that nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth creation if you go to the ten commandments in deuteronomy chapter five it doesn't have this creation statement it has you were redeemed out of egypt so we've got creation and redemption in the fourth commandment in Exodus 20 uh, and then Deuteronomy 5. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day, last day of the week. Or it, God doesn't need to rest. He, The Hebrew means he ceased from his creative activity. Oh, he
1: rested.
2: He rested the seventh day, ceased from doing what he was doing on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So why should Christians worship on Sunday if we've got in the law of God this fourth commandment? We believe from the beginning of the world creation to the coming of Christ, we were to worship on the seventh day of the week. But then from the resurrection of Christ to the coming of Christ, we worship on his resurrection day. So some of the versions in the New Testament talk in the Gospels about On the first day of the week, uh, we did this. And the people that are Seventh-day Adventists and worship on Saturday but are Christians, they'll say, no, the Ten Commandments is to worship on Saturday, so we have to do that. Why do you worship on Sunday? They say even the New Testament in the Greek there says when it says, on the first of the Sabbath, the women went to the tomb, or early on the Sabbath. That's the Sabbath. The Greek? word literally is sabbath and that's true but here's the difference there's a sabbath day like uh early on the sabbath they did this or that or on the first day of the week there's a there's a day that's the sabbath day and that's the seventh day of the week and then there's what's called a sabbath week which ends on saturday and the first of a sabbath week is sunday that's the first day of creation sunday when god separated the light from the darkness and christ rose from the grave the light of the world uh on that day and that was the christians worship day so we kind of switched the sabbath day from saturday to sunday because of christ's resurrection so when you go in the greek and the uh in the gospels there and you look at the resurrection accounts there's one account i think it's in mark where it says the women the the women stayed home in obedience to the sabbath they didn't go to the tomb and then in the same breath it says then on the first of the sabbath they went to the tomb how do you reconcile those they stayed but they went it's somebody's lying then right no on the seventh day of the week the sabbath day the women rested in obedience to the sabbath they didn't work they didn't walk they didn't go to the tomb and then on Sunday, on the first of the Sabbath week, they went to the two. And that's how I interpret those. Usually when you see on the first day of the week they did this or that, it's, it says literally in the in the Greek, on the first of the Sabbath. So there's, if you take that of a Sabbath week, it makes perfect sense. It's Sunday, the first day of the week, the day Jesus was raised uh, from the dead. So don't leave that the Sabbath week, just like the Passover is one day in the Jewish feast. But John also refers to the Passover as the whole feast of the Passover in the gospel of John. It's also it, it's not just one day. It's also a week of celebration. So anyway, that's what allows me to be a Christian and worship on Sunday is taking the Sabbath week, the first day of that is Sunday. And uh, so I read the scripture that way. Otherwise, that passage in Mark there makes nonsense, (laughs) that the women who came to the tomb rested on the Sabbath, but then early on the Sabbath, they went to the tomb. (laughs) It's talking about two different days there, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't know if that makes a whole lot sense, but anyway, I thought I'd just try and share that. Well, thank you. And uh, don't try to argue with uh, Seventh-day Adventists over that because they're not very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I argued with one in a hospital, and it didn't turn out very well. People actually told us to be quiet because oh, wow. we were getting too noisy Oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. in a waiting room. So In a waiting yeah. room? Anyway. <laughs> wow. But uh, So don't let the Greek throw you off just because the Greek word is Sabbath there doesn't mean... That it can't be the first day of a, the first of the Sabbath can be the first of a Sabbath week, uh-huh. which is Sunday. Yeah. It's kind
1: of a growing up, I always thought of Sunday as the end of the week. But right. recently, within the last couple of years, I started thinking of it as the beginning. First and best day of the week. Yeah. As we worship the Lord. It's you know, I would always be ending on Sunday and I thought that was great. Right. But more recently, you know, it feels a lot better to start the week. Right. Not ending the week on Sunday. Right. Um
2: So, and in the Bible, you know, Jesus went into the synagogue as was his custom. So, he hadn't been raised from the dead. So, he was worshiping on the Jewish uh, Saturday, Friday, 6 p.m. to Saturday, 6 p.m. But, uh, and then Paul, it says, Paul, too, in the book of Acts, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue. And there was a lot of teaching in the synagogues back then. It didn't just have to be Saturday. But Paul was going into the synagogues on Saturday as a Christian. Because he wanted to witness to those people. That doesn't mean he didn't witness with the church uh, and worship with them on Sunday, Sunday. which I believe he also did. In the book of Acts later, I think it's chapter 20 or so, it says that Paul was there at Troas and they stayed one week together. And there's their week and their day of worship. And they met together on the first day of the week again. So that would have been Sunday for worship.
1: Yeah, knowing Paul doesn't sound like probably spent most of his time in the synagogue
2: right so use the law to as a tutor to show you your sin and you can evangelize that way too as Ray Comfort does Uh and others they show people their sin and then they'll see their need hopefully of a savior and look for the blood-appointed sacrifice God-appointed blood sacrifice that takes away our sin And once we're saved by faith in that sacrifice, then Christ points us back to the law and says, Now keep this. As you've seen the love of me laying down my life for others, you do the same. Lay down your life and the Spirit will enable you to keep my commandments. So the commandments are good to meditate upon and think about what they mean spiritually, not just on the surface. And to do those things as a way to please God and be righteous before him. In our holy living. Anything else you all have? Any, any questions? <laughs> Looks at both of I, us. I, I, Are we I, done I don't here? I I can <laughs> say anything, though. Yeah, I don't
1: Thank you for letting me be here.
2: Uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you. Enjoyed. We would love this have to have you not again. be
1: the only time that you come. We want you to come yeah. more. Uh, well, just there's there's, there's a lot more of that to go through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're only in we're only in Exodus. Right. We've right, got a right. lot more to go through.
2: Right. So just a, so one more time, then don't separate the Ten Commandments, uh, Exodus twenty, from Leviticus one through seven, because yeah. Moses is up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments. He was there for forty days and forty nights. He also received the laws from Leviticus to write mm-hmm. down there too, and that's where the blood sacrifices come in. And that's the answer to not being able to keep the law is the blood sacrifice. God's own son who comes uh, and sheds his blood for us so we can be saved because we can't keep the law. Yeah. But in the Holy Spirit now, there's a war going on, the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, but we can still overcome sin and do what God wants us to do according to the moral law, the Ten Commandments. They pop up all the time, really, if some of them in the new testament actually the laws probably mentioned more in the new testament than it is in the old testament yeah. maybe not but yeah. uh but there's but there's exodus 20 and there's deuteronomy 5 which actually mentioned the commandments and then there's i think about six passages in the new testament that also mention parts of the ten commandments and talk about them so it's very much in the new testament as well yeah. don't just throw away the law when you come to christ Some people want to live however they want to, but we have a standard of righteousness to follow. Christ followed it, and we should, too, in the law to prove that we're his. Now, uh, uh, please, I'd like some brisket. (laughs) Man, I do,
0: too. We'll, have, we, to, now we'll now have to do another... Hungry. It's yeah, cool. I know. No. no, unfortunately not. Yeah, Pills is not near as good as mine, though. will drive
2: us to snow, no matter how far away it is. Ooh,
0: uh, let's go! Well, that's a, now that he said that, we should take him up on that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> probably cheaper to just fly.
0: <laughs> well, uh, until next time, we will see y'all later. Alright, adios. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and more. And be sure to like and check out our Facebook page.